Welcome to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast, the place where ambition, drive, and entrepreneurship all meet. This podcast is your go-to for all things business, growth, and expansion. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a multiple six-figure business owner, a brain rewiring certified coach, a 70 high energy healer, and all-around business growth obsessed individual. I've been in this space since 2019. I believe that strategy and energetics go hand in hand. You'll find tons of both on this show. For a long time, being ambitious has had a negative connotation, but I'm here to take that word back and help you grow your business without doing the most. You can find me on Instagram at expandwithchelsea or online at expandwithchelsea.com. If you're ready to grow, I'm ready to go. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. I am so excited to have you here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be chatting about all things how to get into your feminine energy. You know, those books that are like a dummy's guide to tax accounting or a dummy's guide to mathematics. Clearly, I still have like numbers and math on the brain, but no, this is not a dummy's guide. Yes, this is going to be a beginner's guide to getting in your feminine energy because this has been the number one conversation that I have been having lately with clients day in and day out. So I think we're going to discuss it here on the podcast and hopefully this will be a really great reference going forward. I'm really excited because I have eight eight different things to share with you to help you shift into your feminine energy, to help you receive more, to help you relax, to regulate your nervous system. And I just really feel like this is the number one thing that those of us with a feminine core need to be doing in order to be and feel in alignment, to actually feel happier and not as stressed out and all more things in that we want, make life a little bit easier. We don't need to be salmon swimming upstream. I know I did that for many, many years and getting into my feminine energy was just such a challenge. I remember my coach a couple of years ago being like, Chelsea, you have to get into your feminine. And I was like, I know if one more person tells me that I'm going to lose it. And I was like, but how do you do it? Like, how do you be in the feminine? And she's like, it's not something you do. It's not like you can you know, check it off the list. It's not a box that you can tick. That's, that's not even the point. And I was like, I don't know how to do it. I was like, basically wanting like a supplement type of thing just to like, you know, say that I did it. And I was totally missing the entire point that being in your feminine energy is it's really not doing it. I mean, it it isn't doing it's being, and that is something that I just had such a hard time with is being present and, you know, connecting with myself, connecting with my inner child, all of those things. We're going to cover all of that today before we dive into the episode. If you are listening to this live, I think I'll be flying somewhere across the ocean. I will be returning from Vietnam. I'm sure I had a great time at my brother's wedding with my family, hanging out and celebrating and This has just been such a really fun process. As I record right now, I am currently packing for Vietnam. I'm about to leave. I actually leave tomorrow. And I've realized that, you know, not only am I a chronic overpacker, I'm one of those people that's like, oh, better bring like four outfits for one day. And it's like, 
obviously you can't wear that many clothes. Like not even if you tried, could you wear that many articles of clothing? But for some reason, my brain like really thinks that I need all those clothes. And then I brought just so many snacks. I feel like there's been so many times when I'm traveling, you know, like your flight gets delayed or, you know, things get pushed back. And then you're like, well, there's airport food or nothing. You get in at like 2 a.m. and nothing's open. You're like, I guess I'll just starve. So I brought a lot of snacks this time. I have a lot of clothes. I think it's going to be fine. I am currently traveling back from Vietnam, though. If you're listening to this on the day slash week that comes that the episode comes out. And I'm really excited because I've actually built out a little bit of rest time for myself after this. I made this mistake in the past where I totally just, I think I had gotten back from Greece and I gave myself like three days to recover and then went diving back into client calls. And I was like, yeah, I need like a minimum of five days to recover from jet lag. So that is one of my updates. The other updates, I have something really exciting coming at the end of this month. So I'm actually going to be starting to warm up for my launch of the Next Level Mastermind. This will actually be a relaunch because I launched this program in the beginning of this year. This time though, it's going to be completely reformatted. It is going to be an eight-week program. So instead of doing something that you might consider like more mid-distance or even like a longer program, like five months, which is what it was, this one is going to be eight weeks. It's more of a sprint. I am so fucking excited because the, yes, a lot of what we are going to talk about today is so tied in being in your feminine, being in receiving mode, but you actually have to have that masculine structure in order to feel safe relaxing into the feminine. And so many business owners just don't have these systems set up for themselves. They're actually not even letting themselves be supported or relax because it is decently time-consuming. It can be kind of complicated to set these things up. A lot of the times it's like, if you don't know you need to set it up, it's like, well, I guess I've been fine without it. Do I really need to do this? But that keeps you stuck in the overworking, overdoing loop, and it keeps you working for your business instead of having your business work for you. So my entire goal for you at the end of the Next Level Mastermind is for you to do enough work on your business during our time together so that you can actually have your business support you when you are done. And I know myself included, I in the beginning of my business, I really cobbled a lot of things together. And it was like, I'm thinking of like a dam with like band-aids on it. <laughs> it's like, it's fine, right? As like water spraying out and like clearly things are cracking. It's definitely not fine. And there comes a point where you're not going to be able to grow or expand any further unless you actually have systems that are efficient, automated, and that don't require you to be in the middle of it. So no more band-aids for your dam. It's not going to work. We're actually just going to do it all over again. And you're going to be so happy that you did because what you're going to walk away with is something that is going to serve you in your business for years and years and years to come. So think of it instead of cobbled together, it is a well-oiled machine that makes you money and actually brings you leads without you having to do the most. So that launch is going to be starting in October. So that'll be something that, again, I'm starting to warm up for. I'll be talking about it quite a bit more on the podcast as well. Enrollment will open early-ish October, and then we're actually going to get started at the end of October. And I'm so excited. I haven't ever done an eight-week program before, but I got the download 
to where it was very clear that like you need to do something shorter. And I was like, all right, I really love the next level mastermind. I think it's a fantastic idea this time as well. We're going to be doing live calls and there's going to be a module for each week as well. So you're going to have those video references, worksheets, all of those things to actually help you implement inside your business. All right. I believe that is the updates that I have. Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode all about getting into your feminine. Like I mentioned, this is something that I actually really struggled with. It was probably the last, I would say this last year that I have gotten so much better at being in my feminine and I actually feel like I've gotten more sensitive to staying in my masculine for too long and You know, when we talk about things like feminine and masculine energy, it's not gender, it's not sex. We all have feminine and masculine energy. And I think a lot of the times what ends up happening is, you know, we have a a parent or a role model when we're younger. And let's say, for example, like I'll use my parents, like my dad worked a lot when I was younger. So I associated the entire masculine with you got to work a lot, you got to sacrifice, like all of those things equal success. So then when I think about, oh, like what is masculine energy to me? I'm like, well, it's those things because that's exactly what I was modeled. But we are lumping all of these things in together. We're lumping the divine masculine in with the wounded masculine and it's not serving us. It's not necessarily that they're all the same, but our brains are actually associating it as if it is all the same. And, you know, that's not necessarily accurate or fair or correct, but now as adults, we get to kind of parse those out a little bit. And maybe I will preface this conversation with talking a little bit about, you know, the divine feminine versus the wounded feminine, because I do think that those are important distinctions to make because I was really resistant to getting in my feminine in the first place because I was like, well, does that mean I'm lazy? Like, does that mean I'm not going to do anything? I don't want to just like be this like seaweed like flapping in the wind. I was like, hell no. Like, I was like, I'm not going to go with the flow that much. Like that's not feel good to me. I'm kind of thinking of, you know, like those balloon type of things out of like outside of like the car lots that are just like dancing and they're just like flapping. And I was like, yeah, that's not me. So I was like, no, thank you to the whole of feminine energy, which again is not helping me. It's not serving me as somebody with a feminine core. That is where I should be spending a majority of my time. That's where I feel the most creative. That's where I feel the most connected to myself. That's where I feel like my intuition is online the most. So let's go ahead and actually get into some of these more quote, defining characteristics of the wounded feminine and then also the divine feminine as well. If you've been listening for any amount of time to the podcast, you know that I am very, very obsessed with clear stem skincare. I contribute this line of products solely to how great my skin looks most days of the month. I mean, besides, you know, the couple days before I get my cycle, my skin has truly never looked better and I contribute all of this to Clear Stem's products. So if you've been curious about trying Clear Stem, really there hasn't been a better time because as of right now, through 
through Labor Day. So through the 4th of September, they have a 20% off sale if you use my code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A at checkout. Don't worry though, if you listen to this episode after Labor Day, you can still save 15% with that same code on any of their products. So one of my current favorites is the Bounce Back Serum. This is filled with collagen, they have peptides, and I love how bougie this makes me feel. This is essentially the non-injection form of Botox, so it really helps with any fine lines and wrinkles. I use this at night after I wash my face with the exfoliating scrub. I put this on and then I follow it up with the Hydra Berry Moisture Mask and my skin feels so plump and supple. It just, it's like the perfect combination before I go to bed. I tend to have very, very dry skin. And side note, did you know that if you have dry skin, that can actually also cause acne because your skin is trying to then produce even more oil and then your pores get clogged from that. So it's trying to naturally rebalance itself. So I absolutely love all of Clear Stem's hydrating products. Bounce Back Serum included. I simply use two pumps of this once a day at night and I really, really love how my skin has been looking. I am 33 and while I'm not opposed to things like Botox, I would personally like to hold off having needles in my face for as long as possible. So this has been my answer and I've absolutely, absolutely loved it. Could not recommend more. Again, if you want to try out any of Clear Stem's products, you can head to clearstemskincare.com and use my code CHELSEA for 20% off through Labor Day. And then after Labor Day, that code will be good for 15% off. All right, let's stick with the disempowered feminine first or the wounded feminine. You can refer to them as either. So these are generally going to be traits like confused. They are very emotional, like so emotional to where it's actually really hard to step out of that. And, you know, maybe that is a lot of crying, a lot of days spent ruminating. So anything that just makes it feel like you can't get things done because you feel so emotional, this could be manipulation or being manipulative towards other people. So we see this a lot inside couples where maybe let's say, say, um, the male of the relationship that has a masculine core, he's not really in his masculine, he's more in his feminine. So then the female with the feminine core in the relationship, she actually moves to that disempowered or wounded feminine to try and recreate that polarity because we do need that polarity inside relationships. And again, this isn't to say if you are a female, you definitely have a feminine core. I actually really highly recommend going and Googling. You can just type in like a feminine masculine core quiz and you can go take something. And a lot of those questions are going to resonate with you. And as I'm talking to you, you're going to be like, oh yeah, either, either that really resonates or either it doesn't. So manipulative, this could be over apologizing, over explaining. This is a really big one, especially if you were, you know, raised to be a people pleaser, raised to be helpful, raised to be, you know, seen and not heard. I think, you know, yes, conditioning also plays a lot into this and just starting to notice like, oh, okay, like that's what that is. I don't need to add more shame and guilt onto what I'm already feeling. But 
you know, once you have that awareness, that's when you can start to heal some of these things and actually move out of them. So this could be victim mindset. That's a huge one. The divine feminine is absolutely not victim mindset. That is very much, you know, I know things are happening for me. I'm really excited to learn the lesson from this. I welcome in these challenges. I welcome in these obstacles. Other ones could be codependent, uh, needy, insecure. This could also be not feeling very worthy. So having low levels of self-worth. This could also look like repressing your truth. Oh my gosh, like think about how many times you wanted to say something and then you don't. Not only is that further blocking your throat chakra, but that is putting you in that wounded feminine energy. So this could look like very naive. So think about, you know, back when maybe you were a little bit younger or maybe you're purposely trying to stay naive right now and you're just trying to like shut those things out and you're like, no, I don't want to know that. Like actually, if I actually like face that, then it'll be too hard, too difficult whatever those are. And this could also look like a lot of weak boundaries. The divine feminine has strong as fuck boundaries because their nervous system is regulated. They know what they want. They're anchored into their mission. They're connected to themselves, to their intuition. They have boundaries. So that is, you know, those are just some of the adjectives, I suppose you could say that go with the disempowered feminine energy that is not an exhaustive list. But just so you can start to see, like, the feminine is not weak. Femininity is absolutely not weak, and especially if you are more in that empowered and divine feminine energy. So some of those qualities include things that I've kind of mentioned and alluded to. So creativity, being really connected to your intuition. This is flow. This is receiving this is that being energy. So not doing, the masculine is, is the doing. The masculine is very much the linear, logical, taking things off. You know, what we've been classically taught is good and productive, but the feminine is very compassionate. It is very, very magnetic as well. So, you know, if you're a business owner, you want to be magnetic because who wants to be doing more to sell our services or to sell our products. I certainly don't want to be. I want to I want to be so magnetic that people come to me to see how they can work with me. And that only happens by me being in my feminine energy. I'm actually looking at a sticky note that I have on my wall right now. And what I wrote was to lead from the feminine, you need to be in the feminine. And it's just a really good reminder for me that in order for, you know, I got to walk the walk and talk the talk. I got to do it all. Like if I want people to be in their feminine energy, I need to remember that it is so important to come back to my own feminine energy so that I can lead from that place. So other things that are associated with the divine feminine, this is surrender, which I think a lot of us really struggle with, is actually letting go. And not just because we've gotten to the point where we're like, fuck it, like, I guess I'll surrender. I'm just like throwing my hands up, like I can't do anything else, but actually, actually and actively purposefully surrendering before you have to. Literally letting go of control, relinquishing that control, and letting whatever is going to happen, happen. Again, that's not weak. That's not being the seaweed in the wind. That's still saying that you take action. It's just also saying that you trust the universe to deliver you what you've wanted 
because you are taking action. It's kind of like you have to take the first step and then the universe pushes you forward another step. Instead of trying to take all of those steps by yourself, can you surrender to the universe supporting you in that? So the divine feminine is also very expressive. We're very reflective. So doing a lot of you know, thinking about the things that you've been through, not in a ruminating sort of way, but starting to connect the dots and the pieces for yourself and, you know, having a lot of self-compassion within there because what is beating yourself up ever going to do about it? Like, when have you ever felt better after that? I'm going to say it's a no. So the divine feminine is also very graceful and trusting. There's a lot of rest associated and also, and we're going to talk about this in my tips on how to get into your feminine energy, but it has a lot to do with the senses. So starting to invoke feelings of touch, of smell, of taste, of everything that we can see visually, that is very much feminine energy. And lastly, divine feminine is very, very much authentic. So this is, you know, I think we're always peeling back layers of who are we, especially if you do spend time on social media, it can be difficult to, you know, come to terms with like, am I the same person that I am in real life and on social media? And, you know, starting to feel more comfortable in sharing more of yourself as well. And I find that the more time that I do spend in my feminine, the easier it is for me to be authentic because I feel calmer. It's just like, I I honestly feel I'm like, that can't fuck with me. I'm like, (laughs) I'm wearing no shields. I have no guards up. I have no walls up. And I just trust, I trust that it's going to work out. So also adding one more thing to that list, very like childlike play type of energy. I kind of also think of inner child and feminine energy is very, very similar. I mean, think back to when you were a younger, I was going to say younger version of yourself. Think back to when you were a child and how you just play for hours and hours and hours. And you had probably such a great imagination and you would, you know, I remember my siblings and I would play Harry Potter and we would like do the potions class and we'd like make little books for it and all of these things. And I mean, that's definitely feminine energy right there. That's uh, play and creativity and just allowing yourself to be in the moment and have time pass. And you don't have an agenda. You're just there to be in the moment and be very present. So hopefully you can start to see, you know, where am I in my feminine energy? Where am I maybe, you know, in the in the wounded part of it? Where am I maybe more in the divine part? And can I work or can I you know, move some of those more wounded aspects to where they actually are more of the divine feminine, because that is what I want to embody more and more. So I actually, I have eight different ways for you to experiment and start getting into your feminine energy. And this isn't going to look the exact same for everyone. This was a very, I would say, long ass process for me. I, I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily say I've arrived, but I am doing a lot better than I used to. And like I was saying, I really do feel like I'm more sensitive to noticing when I have gone too long without coming back to the feminine. It's kind of like I can wear the masculine shield and wear the masculine hat, but at the end of the day, I've got to take it off and I've got to get back into my feminine because otherwise it's just going to start to feel inauthentic or heavy or draining. And if that's not who you really are, 
then it's going to take extra energy for you to continue to try and show up that way when really that's inauthentic for you. And this is, again, just so, so important for business owners because if you are not in your feminine, you're not in receiving energy. If you're not in your feminine, how are you ever going to allow the universe to support you in what you want? Money is masculine energy. We need that polarity. Are you an energetic frequency match for money? Or are you in your masculine and then you're actually repulsing and pushing money away because money is also masculine? Money wants to support you. Are you actually letting it? So some of these practices that I'm going to talk about, I really do think are very, very important. And yes, it might take you being more intentional at first, but I really do feel like this is going to be something that you get to continue to return to and eventually you're going to start to notice the shift and you're going to want to do these things more naturally. If you already do some of these things, amazing. I'm so happy. And there's probably always more that we can do to shift the energy to where it is kind of like flipping a light switch. You can also think about all of the different things that you do during your day, you know, whether that is a task inside your business or that is you know, something where you're like running errands or cooking, I would say cooking is very like feminine energy. Yes, you are like doing something, but you are very much in the flow and you are, you know, if you're like strictly following a recipe, maybe a little bit less so, but if you're just like, okay, I'm going to throw in these spices here and like do these things. And you're like really in tune with it. And you're also using your senses, like you're smelling, you know, the aromas that are in the kitchen, thinking about you know, the majority of the activities or tasks that you do in the day, are they more masculine energy? Are they more feminine energy? I know for me, when I have longer coaching call days, I am in my masculine a lot those days. And I actually need quite a bit more to get back into my feminine energy so that I'm not just kind of like stuck in that rut. For me, what it feels like when I've been in my masculine too long is I mean, A, I will clash with my partner for sure because he's like in his masculine and I'm like being all rammy. Um, you know, not to say that that is divine masculine energy, but for me, I just need to be able to essentially like let go and let myself be supported. And if I'm still trying to do it all, then he's like, well, you're not even like letting me do anything. And that's, you know, like one of his big missions and the, the mission of the divine masculine is to support the feminine. So I need to like shift back into that. And then we get that polarity back. But another way that I start to really recognize like, Oh, okay. I've actually been in the masculine too long is starting to feel very tired, very anxious because I've just been doing too much. I haven't actually allowed myself to connect with myself, my intuition. And I really, I'm all about a more spacious life. Like if you would have told me this a couple of years ago, I would have been like, I don't know that girl, like that doesn't sound like Chelsea, but I am, I am truly on board with this idea of we do not need to be productive. Like not only do we not need to be, it is not good for us. And it is not the way that you are going to be successful, at least not on a sustainable long-term scale. Can it work for a short period of time? Definitely. But I would argue that, you know, most of us started our businesses in the first place to have more time, not less. So my first tip, and you might hate this, but that's okay. You can be mad at me, but at least give it a try first. My first tip in order to get into your feminine energy is actually to create space to get bored. Yes, you heard me. Get bored. 
that's your homework assignment. How fun is that? But creating that space to where you actually get into your mind, get into your body, super important. Like when was the last time you were bored? I think a lot of us either try to actively avoid being bored or we have this like negative connotation with it to where we're like, yeah, being bored is bad. Why would I want to be bored? But when you actually give yourself enough space and time to get bored, you're going to start to notice that some things come up, whether that is the downloads that the universe has actually been trying to send to you. And I've been using this example a lot lately, but the universe isn't going to be able to send you anything if the only receiving that you've opened up is this tiny little pinhole. It's not actually going to be able to get in. It needs a bigger space than that. And it actually needs to have more free time and more room in order to be delivered to you. So creating space to get bored. Again, I know it probably doesn't sound like the most fun thing, but you're going to feel so connected with yourself. And just think about how spacious that is. Think about how spacious. Oh my gosh. Like just laying there, you know, you can stare at your ceiling. You can, and this is, this is where I think people really start to freak out because I'm like, yeah, this means like, you're not walking. You don't have your phone. You're not reading a book. You're not playing with an animal. Like you're literally just sitting with yourself. Can you sit with yourself? If this is something that you are interested in hearing more about, I would absolutely recommend listening to my podcast episode about my silent retreat and the recap that I did of that. I definitely got bored there, but it was one of the most, for lack of better words, like productive things I've ever done because I had so many ideas come through. So creating space and time in your day and your week and your month for you to get bored, for you to completely disconnect and unplug from the rest of the world because every single time that we're coming into contact with people, we are enmeshing our energy. We have energy cords, you know, going from us to them and vice versa. And We've just got to be able to let those go and be in our own energy so we can feel connected to our bodies, so we can actually be in our bodies, so we can feel connected to our intuition. And that is how you get to know who you are and what you want. If you're constantly surrounded by other people, it's going to be a lot harder to pick out what's yours and what's theirs. Okay, moving into number two is... Like I said, the feminine is very connected to the inner child. So scheduling out some time to connect with your inner child. This could look like what activities did you like when you were younger? I mentioned like I really loved playing Harry Potter with my siblings, which I realize isn't necessarily um, something that you can envision. It's not like a game or anything. We just made it up. And I remember that I think I was Snape. I must have been Snape. My youngest sister was Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy and I can't remember what my other sister was it was either her or I that were Snape and we would just sit there and we would have so much fun with this so now as an adult I mean obviously I love Harry Potter so this is something that I make sure that I do to connect with my inner child whether it's watching the movies or rereading the books for the I don't know 14th time (laughs) But whatever it is that you used to enjoy when you were younger, your 
your inner child still wants to do those things, whether it's like making a blanket fort or baking cookies or building sandcastles, which I definitely did just a couple of weeks ago. And that was super fun. So anything without an agenda, I also really, really love going to the library. I love going to bookshops. Like there's just so many different things. Am I going to sit there and like play with Beanie Babies like I did when I was younger? No, probably not. But there is something, you know, similar that I could do. I could go, you know, see if there are Beanie Babies at a certain store and just like look at them and read the tags and appreciate them. That would absolutely be doing something for my inner child. And you know, this can be particularly hard to or difficult if you don't necessarily have a lot of memories from when you were younger. I know for me, my memories didn't really kick in until I was about 13, 14. Like I just don't, I just don't know. I, you know, they're in there somewhere. They're being repressed, I'm sure for a very good reason. And I've done a little bit of work to dig into that. But ultimately I decided that, you know, they'll either surface when they're ready or, you know, it's not something I'm necessarily going to go looking for right now. And it's okay if you don't have those memories, if you don't know exactly what it was that you enjoyed or liked when you were younger, you can take a guess, you know, try out some different things and see, maybe it's going to an amusement park. I mean, that sounds super fun, like driving bumper cars or getting on the roller coaster or going to a water park. Like I'm like, shit, there's so many different things. Like they're just, it just doesn't have to be this big event. And, you know, this really is something that setting aside time every single month, this is something that, you know, I was doing this in the past and I really enjoyed it. And then I think winter happened and I got grumpy and I was like, I don't want to do anything, but I need to go back to my monthly mandatory inner child days to where I just take a day every single month and do all of the inner child things. And that just makes it really fun. It's literally a day to indulge in what you've wanted to do as an adult, but maybe haven't let yourself, like whether that is just sitting around and watching cartoons and eating cereal. That's a big thing too, is like, what foods did you used to like? Like, you know, maybe that is, I'm thinking of like fruity pebbles are really stuck in my mind lately or the toaster strudels. Oh my God, with the icing. I remember my siblings and I, we were such jerks to each other. <laughs> we like, somebody would take like three icing packets and then, you know, two other ones would be left without icing. But, you know, now as an adult, I can buy toaster strudels and have all of the icing to myself. I really loved those brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts. Like what things did you like when you were younger, allowing yourself to actually tap back into that? because that is absolutely going to please your inner child. That's going to make you feel more connected to her. And you can think about two, you know, different ages, like at age four, was that the same things that you liked doing at age eight? At age 16, you can bring your inner teen in too. I know my inner teen is, she's very angsty. She really likes, or she really wanted to like skateboarding, but you know, let's be honest, she went longboarding one time and broke her ribs. So she didn't fully get to, you know, fulfill that dream. So I do have a skateboard in my closet. Actually, I like got kind of back into that last summer, but then I got a little bit nervous because I was like, actually, this is really hard and I don't want to break any bones on cement. But that's something absolutely you that you could do is like, what did you like to do when you were a teenager? Um, I'm so excited 
for you to try this, honestly. Like this is, I'm just like over here gushing right now because I'm thinking about all the different things that I want to do on my next inner child day. You can call it inner child healing day, your goddess day, your feminine energy day. And something that is really helpful here is keeping a running list of things that you like to do or that you're remembering that you like to do as a child. You can always ask a parent or a loved one, like what were some of the things that I was into? Um, I know for me, like I was so into reading fantasy books, still am by the way, still love fantasy books. And every single time that I read a fantasy book, it's like makes my inner child so happy. It makes her so happy. So keep a running list of the things that you like, the foods that you like, so that it is easy to reference for you to shift back into your feminine energy. All right. Number three is engaging your senses. So bringing in, like I was giving that example of cooking, like bringing in what can you see, what can you smell, taste, touch, see all of it. I think I said see twice, but you get the point. So that could be something like, I mean, as simple as walking into a candle shop. I live in a tourist town. I'm like, we have 13 candle shops probably within like a quarter mile radius. So actually indulging your senses, like instead of just walking right by it and being like, no, I am on, you know, schedule. I'm on my routine. I'm doing these things. It's like, if it smells good, go do it. Like indulge your senses. This is why, you know, where we get the quote, like stop and smell the roses from like truly like going on a walk with the only purpose and function being, can I engage my senses? What colors do I see? What birds do I hear? I mean, maybe this is how people get into birding and become bird people, but they're really like being outside in nature and starting to be really present instead of having to do something. It's not necessarily like I must identify these birds. It's no, like what can I experience and start to tap into that mother nature has to provide so that I can just experience that inside this moment. So whatever makes you feel, you know, that could be a bath. I love, 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 love baths. I think, I mean, I grew up swimming. I could be in water all day, every day and be very happy, but there's something so special about warm bath water. This could look like taking a scented bath or a bath bomb or, you know, candles as well. Just making sure that the environment that you're in as well. Side note, if you're watching this video on YouTube, please disregard my entire background because I am currently again, packing for Vietnam and it's kind of disaster pants, but for the most part, making sure that your environment is sensually and really, really pleasing to your senses, like making sure that you like the art on the walls, making sure that there is soft lighting. I have multiple salt lamps around me because that is something that is really important. I hate harsh white lights, like the fluorescent lights. It not only does it give me a headache, it's just like no, it just doesn't do it for me. So making sure that you are really enjoying the environments that you're in, that is also really important. Spending that time in nature, I know for me, that is such a big one. I feel such a mood boost when I'm outside because it is so much easier to be present. And I would say, you know, none of these really require your phone. <laughs> I'm really noticing more and more after doing the social media break from Instagram for a month, just how easy it is to get sucked into your phone and sucked into consuming information and content and resources and all of these things. And then all of a sudden you're like two hours gone by and you're like, what? Like, you're like, I meant to go on a walk and now it's dark. 
So any way that you can engage your senses absolutely counts as shifting you into your feminine energy, whether that is petting an animal. So that sense of touch, maybe that is a really cozy rug that you like to lay down on. Maybe you like to lay down on your carpet. Maybe it is biting into that really fancy dark chocolate, that sense of taste. So whatever that is for you, I know for me, the sense of taste is my daily kombucha that just like, I'm just like, mm, it's like that, ah, oh, like that relaxing thing. And it really brings me into the present moment because it is like the sensation of the bubbles hitting my tongue and the flavor. I usually go with the Synergy Guava Goddess. It is so good. Although recently I did hear some information about the mistreatment of the GT's employees. And, you know, that has really stuck with me. I have definitely been choosing other brands when I've been going to the store because that is also really important, you know, thinking about the frequency of the products that you're putting into your body. Obviously, I don't want anyone to be treated poorly. You know, I don't think that it's cool to have a company that's all about love and light and compassion and then treat your employees employees like shit. That's like complete hypocrisy. And also, you know, if that is what's happening, then that is inside the product and I'm putting that inside my body. So this is just, you know, one more push to like knowing where your food comes from is really important. And is it actually high vibrational? Is it, you know, further away from being packaged? All of those things. I don't tend to want to get too wrapped up into that because, you know, I think it's easy to go down the rabbit hole of everything has to be organic and it has to be this and that. And it's, you know, really easy to fall into perfectionism there and things like orthorexia, where you're just like cutting more and more and more foods out. And then all of a sudden you're like, I eat four foods. And it's like, that's not the point of all of this. But just making sure that you are paying some attention to that because this is your vessel, your vessel, your body is your vessel. And it is really important what you put inside of it. But engaging the senses, whatever you can do to get yourself back into the present moment. I know most of us have kind of like a primary sense and then almost like a secondary. I would say I am particularly sensitive to noises. I have different playlists playlists that I really like depending on my mood. I have, you know, binaural beats are huge for me when I'm in the bathtub. A lot of the times I listen to binaural beats. Sometimes if I can't sleep, that's really helpful for getting me to sleep. I'm also just making sure that there's nothing like buzzing in my apartment because that would just like drive me up the wall, right? And that's not necessarily conducive to a regulated nervous system. All right. Number four is getting familiar with those different qualities of the divine feminine and the wounded feminine. So the ones that we went over and maybe what I'll do is I will include a list of those qualities in the show notes, or if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put them in the description just so that you can kind of have those. I think it is, you know, it's really easy to notice like, oh yeah, okay. I was slipping into victim mindset there. And you know, shame and guilt is like right under there, not to, not to shame and guilt ourselves about it, but to just notice like, where can I actually move back into taking responsibility for this, treating myself compassionately, and then moving forward in a really authentic state, which is the divine feminine. So I'll put those words in the show notes and in the description so you can have those and just starting to notice like, where have I been acting like this? In what relationship dynamics does this show up? You know, am I showing up how I want to in my career, with my family, with my friends, all of those. And again, we're not, you know, feeling bad about all of these things, but we have to have that awareness first in order to even make a change to create something different. 
Number five, maybe also a really difficult one for people. I know this one has been the most difficult for me is actually allowing yourself to be supported. You have to let yourself receive support. I know this is something that we talk about all day, every day, but I I really don't think many women actually do this. Like, I want you to think about the last time somebody offered to do something for you and you're like, hard stop. No. I remember one time I offered to pay for my friend's lunch. (laughs) She's like, no, absolutely not. Like, I can't, I can't do that. And I was like, it's like $10. Like, let me pay. Like, I'm just trying to support you. And I was like, that just stands out to me as like such an example of like, all I wanted to do was support her in that moment. She didn't need me to pay for her lunch. But it was just like so stark, the contrast where she's like, absolutely not. So where are you cutting people off from wanting to support you? You know, especially those with masculine energy. I I do think that a really good example of this, I was actually sharing this with my client yesterday. And I wanted to share this with her because she has been dating and it's kind of, you know, it's easy to slip into this mindset of like, where have all the good ones gone? Or like, there's no good guys left. And I was like, I'm going to share this with you because I want you to keep your standards really high. My boyfriend, my partner actually does a really great job of being in his masculine energy. He literally, he just wants to support me. He's like, what can I do for you? What can I do to make it easier? What do you need from me? And at first I was like, what? Like, this is weird. I was like, I don't really trust that. Like, I haven't really had anybody in the past that like all they wanted to do is support me. And that's not necessarily what I want to do with my life. That's not to say that I'm not going to reciprocate, you know, being helpful or doing things for him. But I just feel like my mission is so much differently or my mission is so different, but the masculine really is here to support the feminine. Think about that. Like if the masculine's here to support you, are you actually letting yourself be supported or are you still so stuck in hyper-independence that you're trying to do everything yourself? It's like, where's that getting you? It's like you're trying to walk up the mountain with the world's heaviest backpack. Take the fucking backpack off and let somebody else help you. There is no award at the end of this that's like, yeah, you did the most. You did everything. So therefore, you're going to get something extra for it. Like, no, like think how much farther you could go if you actually took that backpack off. And I shared that example with my client because I was like, no, really, like there are people out there that actually do just want to support the feminine. But in order to do that, you're going to have to adjust your frequency. You're actually going to have to be in your feminine. Like literally last night, because I am flying out tomorrow, I asked my boyfriend, I was like, could you please make me dinner? That would be so, so helpful for me because I have a couple of things that I want to wrap up. I have a couple of work tasks that I need to finish. And he was like, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Like, thank you for letting me know how I can support you. And he's not the only person in the world like that. There are more people out there like that, but you have to be in your feminine. You actually have to allow yourself to be supported first. And especially those of us with businesses where we talk a lot about supporting clients and why people should allow themselves to be supported. But like, are you actually letting yourself be supported in that equation as well? Whether that is friends, partners, family members, strangers, when people want to do random nice things for you, are you like, I'm like a little weird, like, no, I couldn't possibly, you know, like inconvenience you like that. And here people are actually offering to help you and you're just denying them. It feels so good to help people sometimes. And I think we forget that because we're like, nope, I'm just going to like totally do it all myself. And again, like that just, we can go so much further if we actually allow ourselves to sink into being supported. So think about in what areas and aspects of your life 
Do you allow yourself to be supported? Could you allow yourself to be supported more? Could you actually ask for help? Could you ask somebody to actually do something for you? And I know a lot of the times that feels very uncomfortable, but we've been on the hyper-independent side of the spectrum for so long, of course, it's going to feel uncomfortable that even asking, like even me asking my boyfriend to make me dinner, I was like, oh my God, he's going to think I'm like so needy, like all of these things, all of these stories. And then he was like, just having, like, he loved doing it for me. So even if we are, you know, moving a little bit on the scale towards more of like letting ourselves be supported, it it is going to feel really uncomfortable because we have been stuck in that mindset of, I have to do it all myself. I can't trust anybody else, but where is that getting you? Where's that getting you? It's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. It is lonely. Let some people in, be in your feminine. That is one great way to be in your feminist to actually let yourself be supported. All right. Number six is connecting with your sacral chakra. Ooh, this one is fun. So your sacral chakra, this is your womb space. This is where you house a lot of your power. This is where we are connected to things like our passion and creativity. This is this is where a lot of the magic happens. And, you know, trigger warning, you can turn this off if you don't want me to, t- to hear me talk about masturbation. You can skip forward a couple of minutes. But one really great way to connect with your sacral chakra is to masturbate and is to get to know yourself down there, right? Because that is, you know, this is going into a lot of manifesting using masturbation and using orgasm. What is it that you actually want? That that like second, like right before you go over the edge, that is so potent, so powerful. That is huge magic that you can use to bring things into the world. So if this isn't something that you have explored a lot, like my permission, again, you've got some really fun homework. <laughs> go do that. Get in touch with your body. Who are you? What do you like? All of those things are so important and, you know, not just necessarily masturbation only, but also getting in touch with what does my womb space feel like? What's in there? Does it feel like it is cloudy? I was going to say like heavy and slow, but maybe it's just more of like cloudy or does it feel like it's like jagged edges? What's the coloring in there? You can go through and do a meditation where you connect with your sacral chakra and you connect with your power. And thinking about, you know, is it a strong connection? Is it a weak connection? What do I need to do in order to remove any blocks from me connecting with my power? What would it take for me to get out of my own way? And just having that conversation with your sacral chakra, because it will, and it wants to provide you a lot of information. But I think a lot of us, you know, either feel really weird about talking to to our body and to our chakras, or maybe you just haven't thought about it. But that is a really, really good way to get into your feminine energy. This could also look like you know, adorning yourself. Like every single time that I put my makeup on, I have these little eyeliner wings that I wear almost every single day, every single day that I get ready at least. And that is also me connecting with my power, with my sacral chakra. That is, you know, me getting ready and it's not for other people. It is, I just like to have the adornment because that makes me feel connected to my feminine energy. That is the way that you dress. That is, You know, like even if it's taking yourself out on a date and like wearing something nice and spending time with yourself and 
anything to do with sensuality as well. So have you taken yourself on a date in a while? Would you, I mean, that can go to the deeper question of like, would you date yourself? Do you like what you see in the mirror? Are there there things or changes or shifts that you need to make so that you can feel more connected to yourself in that way? All right. Number eight. Seven. I was going to say number eight, but we've got two left. Don't you worry. So number seven is noticing how much of your day is spent in feminine versus masculine energy. So you can do that breakdown of the tasks. So I would recommend if you are a business owner, do that breakdown of what are all the different things that I'm doing inside my business. So client calls, writing, creating content. Uh, maybe you're doing some website stuff, really break those down. And like, does this feel more feminine, you know, more of like the creative flow energy, or does this feel more masculine where it's more of like the get it done, um, more of the logical thinking, doing type of energy and also breaking down your day-to-day life as well. So that could be everything from your morning routine to your evening routine, running errands, going to the grocery store, all of those types of things. How often are you actually allowing yourself to sink back into that feminine energy? And if the balance is pretty off, I'm not saying you have to get to 50-50. You know, if you have a feminine core, maybe the balance looks more like 70-30 or 80-20 or 60-40. Maybe it is 50-50 for you, but I know for me, it's probably closer to like 70-30, like really spending a majority of my time inside of my feminine energy. So again, just starting to notice where you at right now, where do you have room to shift further into the feminine? Okay. And lastly, we have number eight is getting familiar with the feminine archetypes. There's not just one archetype of feminine energy. And I think that is I know for me, that's what I had in my mind. I was like, oh, it's like kind of like weak. And it, I kind of was thinking of it more of like the crone archetype. And that's just one of many. And not to say the crone is weak, but that's just what was stuck in my mind. That's how I perceived it. And there are so many different archetypes. So I'm going to list these off and you can see which ones you resonate with and see which ones you are maybe a little bit more disconnected from. We have all of these different archetypes inside of us. Naturally, sometimes we embody some of those a little bit easier than other ones. But this is, you know, this is me inviting you to take on these different archetypes. There is, we've got like the dark feminine. That's a really fun one for people to start embody. That is like, we are boundaried up. We are doing things for us. We are really in tune with our sensuality, all of those types of things. So I invite you to experiment stepping into these different archetypes. Notice which ones that you're like, ooh, yeah, okay, like I can definitely see that. That's really cool. And then notice which other ones maybe you're judging, which other ones that you're like, yeah, no, thank you. And this isn't to say, you know, we need to embody all of these at all times, but where do you have room to shift further into one to where you're going to learn a lot more about yourself by doing that? And depending on who you ask, there are no certain number of set feminine archetypes. So some of these might be included in some resources and not in others, but this is the list that I generally go with. So we've got the archetype of queen. Love this one. We have priestess. We have slut, lover, warrioress, huntress, the wild woman. We have the sage or the wise woman. We have the Enchantress, the Creatrix, the Mystic, the Healer, the Maiden, and the Mother. 
So thinking about, and I will put all of these in the show notes and or the description as well, so you can check these out. Honestly, I think it would be worth journaling about. Which of these do I already feel like I embody naturally? Which of these do I feel connected to? Which of these do I feel repulsed by or push away that I actually have the opportunity to lean into a little bit further? I know for me, all of the ones that are a little bit more masculine energy, like the warrioress and the huntress, I'm like, oh yeah, super good at those already. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just from being in my, my masculine energy for so long. But then when I think about things like the mother archetype, I think about things like the mystic archetype. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I could definitely do a little bit better there, right? Like that's me like playing with my oracle cards, like absolutely leaning into that. That's me when I'm doing energy healing, thinking about where do I embody queen energy. Queen energy is very much, you know, I'm actually directing this ship and I'm the one making the decisions and then everybody else, the king and all the subjects, they're just supporting the queen and allowing the queen to really guide them because she is the one that holds most of the power. I mean, for all of us out there that are uh, control freaks, this being in your feminine energy is seriously like going to provide you with more control. Yes, we talked about surrender, but the more that you try to like white knuckle it and manipulate and micromanage it into being what you want, probably the further away from that you're actually going to get. So getting really comfortable and getting familiar with these different archetypes will help you lean into them. And that could be things like, okay, I am going to lean into my dark feminine through the mystic archetype and starting to learn a little bit more of what that might look like for you doing some journaling on if I am going to lean into this, what do I actually feel like embodies that? Do I feel like I embody that already? Or do I actually have room to experiment and play with that. So I hope that this episode was helpful, enlightening, educational for you. I hope that this was also, you know, inspiring for you to get further into your feminine energy. This has sincerely been one of the biggest shifts that I have made in my entire life, not just in my business, but also in my dating life as well. And just my general well-being. I feel so much better being in my feminine energy. It actually feels like a sustainable way to live instead of just trying to do and be productive all the time. That's just, you know, at the, the end of the day, that's not who I am. That's not who I was designed to be. And this, we'll call it this like self-discovery journey has really been, it's been good. I'm so glad that I'm doing the deconditioning work and starting to peel back some of those layers. And again, I hope that this was helpful for you. If you haven't yet already, go ahead and leave a podcast rating or review. If you leave a review on iTunes, I was going to say Amazon, the podcast is on Amazon. But if you leave a review on iTunes, make sure to send me a screenshot of it. Send it to hello at expandedchelsea.com because I will enter you to win a free container of Harmony from Organifi which is the most delicious hormone balancing hot chocolate, which is really on brand for what we talked about today. So if you, again, to recap that, if you leave a review of the podcast on iTunes, take a screenshot, send it to hello at expandedchelsea.com and I will enter you to win a free container of Harmony. I'll be doing the drawing at the end of September and then I'll be doing another drawing in October as well. Those reviews really help me out. They help other people find the podcast as well. I thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you next episode. 